Something about these suits, Jeff. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, check, I checked before as well. So, um, like I said, my role this morning is, is just, to, just to challenge you a little bit as we move in uh, to the Lord's Supper uh, portion of, of our service. Jeff got to play uh, the good cop a little bit, tell you how good you are and how far you come. And I'm going to remind you where you've fallen short and how much further you have to go. Um, <laughs> Well, listen, it wouldn't be a Baptist church if we didn't preach at you just a little bit. But this is truly a, a, a day of celebration, but it also does need to be a, a day of contemplation as well. Uh, we've, we've seen uh, the ordinance of baptism. We're, we're just getting ready to partake in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, and it, it is so great that we're going to do those on the same day, I think, coming off this conference, because they do really go hand in hand. And I say that because as Others have explained baptism demonstrates our initial identification with Christ and his church, and it's obviously an identification with Christ it is, as it is that picture of dying to your old life of sin and, and walking, being raised, walking in newness of life. But it's also an identification with his church because it's a public display to this specific local body. So as you witnessed each person get baptized this morning, they not only identified their life with Christ, they also identified their life with you. As they chose to live out and, and, and continue to live out this Christian life with other believers here, with all of us. And in the Lord's Supper that we'll partake in together in just a few minutes, celebrates our continual identification with Christ and His church. And let me just paint a picture for you very quickly. Think of baptism sort of like a wedding ceremony where we publicly declare that we belong to Jesus. And if you follow that imagery, that means the Lord's Supper is like anniversary celebrations. So whether every month or every week or as it is in most marriages every year, you celebrate the life that you share with your spouse, and in doing so, you renew your commitment to each other. And that's the picture that's being represented here in the Lord's Supper. And, and fellas, ask any wife in this room. Do you need to remember your anniversary? I think you know the answer to that question. Well, in the very same way, it's important not to neglect the Lord's Supper. In fact, this is really the only act of, of worship in the New Testament for which we have specific and prescribed instructions. God not only tells us to do it, he tells us how to do it. So it's a big deal. It's very important to him. But before we get to actually partaking in the Lord's Supper, I want to connect some dots for you as to how all this relates to the function of the local church, and, and, and more specifically, this local church, our local church, First Baptist Church. And while, like any church, we're certainly not mistake-proof and far from perfect as the world defines that term, what can be said about us is that we are part of and committed to something much larger than any of us individually. Because as we've learned this past week, as we've already seen this morning, we're part of a body. And it is a body that is intended to do something. We've been given a purpose. And since we've been given a purpose collectively, that means you have been given a purpose individually. The two go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. And our purpose, our DNA, was clearly defined for us this past week. And, and as you've heard, if you were unable to make it, you, you, did miss, you did miss something good. 
But whether you are here or not, I want to challenge you this morning to involvement in the mission, to involvement in the biblical process of discipleship. I want to ask you when you'll be sitting in these stools. I want to ask you to ask yourself some questions. And here's a question I want you to ask before you leave today. If I cannot get away from purposeful involvement, and the truth is you can't, you may choose to not be involved, but that is a choice that you will be held accountable for at the judgment seat of Christ. So if I can't get away from it, the question you need to ask yourself is, what is my role? How can I do it, and how can I do it right? And the thing we want you to know this morning is we want to help you with it. We want to help you be able to sit in these stools if that's your desire, if that's what you think God is doing with your life. We want you involved with us, and specifically we want you involved in the purpose that God has given to this church collectively and to you individually in in that process of discipleship. That process of making disciples, that is the mission we've been given, to go, to make disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. And to do that right, we need all of us to be on board. We need all of us to live life, live lives of of dynamic uh, Christianity. We need dynamic believers today. We need believers who by their lifestyle do and provoke others to do what, what Jesus said in John 15, 16. You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. That is dynamic believers' discipleship. That you go and you bring forth fruit, and it is fruit that remains as you invest the word of God into others. And that is what we need. That's what the Lord certainly desires from us. But the fact of the matter is, we don't always like to do things the way the Lord desires us to do things. We don't always like taking the responsibility, the personal responsibility of John 15, 16. We don't like it necessarily all the time that Jesus said, I've chosen you, and that you should go, and that you personally need to be involved in the process of biblical discipleship. We like to do what we like to do, or maybe we even like to say, hey, I go to First Baptist Church, why don't you come with me? And maybe you'll hear the preaching and you'll get saved and then you could sign up for, for this thing they call discipleship and someone will teach you the Bible and how to live the Christian life. But why isn't that someone you? Or why isn't that preacher you? Hey, listen, we go to a good church and it is a very good thing to invite people to this church. Don't get me wrong. But it's not enough. We need to take it a step further. You see, what we need to do is come to this church with the purpose of learning how to take the responsibility of discipleship on ourselves. And listen, when we do that, that gives Satan something to reckon with. Because that's the mission. It's what God wants all of us to be involved with. That is the purpose that we have been called to. So you need to come to this church with the purpose of learning how to take the responsibility of discipleship upon yourself. And then go out and walk it. Go out and live it together with us. Because the fundamental basic is this. You need to model in your lifestyle 
everything a lost person in, in your sphere of influence needs to understand about the Christian life. So at the end of the day, sometimes we ask ourselves, what do we need for church growth? What do we need for church health? Listen, we do not need new buildings or new programs. We need you. We need you to be faithful to God's calling. And I'll be honest with you, I believe this is something we need to be reminded of today. Unfortunately, I think verses like Psalm 12:1 are too true of us today. It says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. And I think that's a verse that certainly describes our time, this, this church age of Laodicea. That is a theme verse for the Laodicean church age, I think. You don't have to look any further. You want a statement of Christianity today, that's it. Faithful men have failed. And I believe that God is calling all of us this morning to step up and be that faithful man or that faithful woman and invest that faithfulness into someone else through making disciples, through the process of discipleship. Because listen, discipleship's not an academic thing. If you've been around here any time at all, you know that. It is a life thing. You've got to spend time, you've got to build relationships, you've got to study the Word, and you've got to invest that Word into others. And like I said a minute ago, we want to help you do that. Because we want to do it together. We are a family. It's what we've learned this week. And that's the entire point of Corey and, and, and Andrew's graduation from LFBI. It doesn't mean they're done serving the Lord. It doesn't mean they've arrived. It means they're just getting started. It means they've stepped up and said, I want to be that faithful man. I want to learn the word. I want to invest it in someone else's life through a, a process of biblical discipleship, whether that is here or in Albania or wherever God might take me. And listen, I, I know Corey and Andrew, and I don't mean this as a slight, but if they can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> and that goes for me as well. If I can stand up here and teach and preach God's word, then God can use anyone. So you being a part of our biblical discipleship process, how we can fulfill the mission that God has given us, is of critical importance to you individually and to us collectively. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for, for you to do what you heard these guys say. Maybe it's time for you to sign up for personal discipleship. If you've never done it and you've never had someone sit down with you one-on-one -on -one and take you through those lessons and and show you what they say, and invest their life into you. If you've never been discipled, jump on board today. Or maybe you started one time. Maybe you did sign up for discipleship, and you got going. Maybe you've done it a couple times. And for whatever reason, you never finished. And it, it didn't, quote-unquote, work for you. Listen, today would be a perfect day to get back in the game. And if that's you, I, I want you to listen to me for just a second. Who cares if you quit before? Honestly, it, I mean that it doesn't matter at this point. What does matter is what will you do from here? Amen, what will God tell you today, and will you be obedient to that? Will you choose to start back up and obey the Lord's calling on your life today? It's time for you to get involved and take the next step with the Lord and with us, whatever that next step might be. And if you don't know how to be a part, well, well you've learned. You've, you've, even if you don't know it, you've heard how to be a part 
today. We, we've already seen the path of growth. I think we had the slide back up. And, and you heard what each one of those steps are. And what I want you to do this morning is honestly identify the circle that you are in. I want you to ask yourself right now, and as, we, as we're taking the, the Lord's Supper and just whatever God is doing in your life, I want you to identify the circle you're in. And then I want you to ask yourself the question of whether or not you're willing to keep going and whether you're willing to keep moving. And I hope that you will because that is part of the reason why we are partaking in the Lord's Supper today. Because every time we take the Lord's Supper, it ought to be a time that we renew our commitment to Christ and we renew our commitment to each other in this body. To work together in unity for the common mission, the co-mission that we have in Christ. And that's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17, when he said, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. And the picture being painted here is a body gathered around, sharing in the bread of life together showing their identity in Christ with each other and their commitment to each other, walking through their own path of growth together. And that's important because, again, we are a body. We are a family. And we have unity amongst ourselves that allows us to personally focus on renewing our commitment to Christ and His mission. Now, as we transition to actually partaking in this ordinance is, let me make it personal because I want to make it work for all of us today. Because this ordinance of the church provides us a great opportunity for victory in the Christian life and walk. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 30, Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. And the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. See, this is a time to look within, to examine your consecration, to find your place in the body on our path of growth, your spot in making disciples. So examine yourself for unrepentant sin and confess it. For any problem with another brother or sister and resolve it. And get it right. Or maybe it's, it's just your apathy. And you're not necessarily involved in any gross sin, but you're also not involved at all. You're not involved here with us serving the Lord. Well, look within yourself. And give God what He deserves with your life. Let me give you some instructions before we observe this ordinance because we are a New Testament church. We try to stick as close to the scriptures as, as, as we understand them. 
That way you can receive the Lord's Supper even like the, earth, the earth's earliest Christians did. So some churches practice what's called closed communion. Their observance of the Lord's Supper is limited to only those who are actually members at that church. We practice what, what you, know, you might call close communion. What that means is that every person in here who is a member of a church somewhere in good standing at that church is eligible to partake with us today. So for everyone in here, both adults and children, here's what that means. One, you saw that you were a sinner. You decided to trust Jesus for eternal life, and you prayed and asked God to save you. Two, second, you were scripturally baptized by immersion after you got saved. And third, you were old enough and understand enough to examine yourself in the faith. If you meet those three requirements, and, and if you're a, even if it means you're a member of church in like, like faith, um, you're, you're, you're welcome to partake with us. If you don't meet those requirements, I'll just tell you this ordinance is not for you. Now, if you take it, you know, and, and it's not for you, it doesn't mean anything will happen, but that's the point. Nothing will happen. Because it doesn't have the significance for you that's intended. But if you are saved, then this ordinance Jesus uses to get us to remember, to reflect, to renew the fact that we are feeding on him and that we need to live our life in his sufficiency, that we are alive by his life because in order to get saved, we had to accept him and receive him into our heart, just like Romans 6, 23 says. So being born again is a matter of an exchange of life. Christ was the substitutionary atonement for you and and that's just a fancy term that means he died in your place. You were guilty, and he took that guilt from you. But to be born again, you have to accept his substitution. It's a matter of applying a free offer of grace from God by faith. And that's why we do perform this ordinance, to remember Jesus and the work he's done. I'd like to ask the worship team to come up and, and the men who are serving to come up and start that process. And as we partake in the Lord's Supper together, I want you to consider how this is your opportunity to show and proclaim. As we've mentioned already this morning, God has given the church two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And every time a believer is baptized or partakes in the Lord's Supper, it becomes a sermon, so to speak, that he or she preaches, giving clear testimony of the saving grace of Christ. So as we come to the Lord's table, proclaim proudly and boldly your love for Him because of all that He has done for you. That is how you show the Lord's death, as it says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. And we're going to do that as a family together. After you receive the cup, the men are, are, are serving now. Please hold on to it until I give further instruction. I will tell you when to eat so that we can partake of this bread and this juice as one to express our unity in Christ together. But right now, this is your time for personal examination, for personal confession of sin to the Lord if you need to get it right. So I encourage you to take the time now in, in this moment of pause and, and reflect and examine yourself.
Christ, the bread of life, broken for us, not on the cross, but broken as he conformed to his Father's will and broken as we observe this ordinance as a church together. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four says, And when he had given thanks, he break it, said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do love you, and we're so thankful for your sacrifice, for your brokenness for us. Lord, the, the, the substitutionary atonement that you provided uh, for each and every one of us, for the world, Lord, we're so thankful for it, Lord. And, and as we partake in this, this, this ordinance together, Lord, I, I pray that we do it worthily. And I pray that we do it uh, unto you. Lord, thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now with the broken bread in our hands, let us take and eat. The cup pictures the blood of Jesus shed for our sins. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So if you already know the spiritual reality of the cleansing of your sins, you can picture it physically by drinking this cup. Luke 22.20 says, Likewise also, speaking of Jesus, Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is said for you. So through the cup, through the shedding of Jesus' blood, a new covenant was established. where We can have a personal relationship with God. And it is a relationship that is available to all because he shed his blood for all. 1 Corinthians 11.25 says, After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Now with the cup in our hands, drink ye all of it. We're going to close in one last song of worship and then the introduction of, of new members to our church, and that's another exciting piece of this day. During the worship song, we'll take up our offering, and, and we thank the Lord for your faithfulness in that area. You can put the plastic ware in the back pew in front of you, and some of the high schoolers are going to come around and pick all those up after the service is over. So there should be some, some little holes in the pew in front of you. You can just put them in there. And as we close, I just have to say, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you have never personally made him the Lord of your life, I beg you to consider doing that for yourself today. All you have to do is pray and ask him to become the Lord of your life. 